attitudes, our grievances, and all the crazy in between. Grab your favorite drink, get comfortable, because we're getting candid. Welcome! Welcome, welcome! God, that was like the best intro we've ever done. <laughs> I feel like that was pretty good. We're on, we're hitting a high, high, high energy really early on in the episode. I'm here for it. Love <laughs> this for us. Okay, um, this is a very exciting episode, but first, I'm Kelly. I'm Kayfler, and we have such an amazing guest for you guys today. I'm really, really stoked to have Denali, my sister, here to talk to us today a little bit about what she does. Um, do, is Maybe I'll just let you go ahead and introduce yourself as far as like your background. Yeah, no, you're good. So hi, my name's Denali. I'm, a, and I'm an associate clinical social worker. I am a mental health therapist. Welcome! Yeah, this is very exciting. Um, but anyway, what's going on? How's everybody's day? Things are good. Um, today, so it's been like 87 slash 85 degrees here in Bellevue, sunny and gorgeous. It's been absolutely wonderful. So I've just been like spending a lot of my days out in the sun. I feel like hiking, doing things. I'm like exploring a lot of like Snoqualmie and Mount Baker. So today I went on a really long hike. I feel a little sunburnt, but my legs are exhausted. And I'm, yeah, I'm feeling good. Good vibes all around. Although I will be honest, my neck, or I will be candid, my neck has been like very seizing lately. I don't know if it's like the way I sleep or if I need a different pillow. So if anybody has suggestions, <laughs> let me know. But it's like my left side of the neck and it's just persistent. And I got, I got a massage the other day too to see if that would help, but it didn't really help. So... That's the only thing that's bringing me down. Other than that, I'm doing great. How are you? That's the worst. That's when I get a kink in too. Yeah, that's awful. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm good. Uh, this week has been just super busy. Last night I had a softball game. And typically we have like a schedule of uh, everyone on our team. And, you know, people are busy during summer. So it's like sometimes we don't get a full team. And last night we were down a bunch of girls because it's a co-ed team. Um, and so there's only four girls and there was like seven guys or whatever. So that means like we have to like alternate batting and everything and then alternate how many girls and guys are on the field and all that stuff. So we were like, oh, man, this is going to be a lot just like super busy game for all the girls. We're going to have to just bat the whole time, you know. Um, but it turned out to be such a good game and we destroyed them and it was so fun. And I didn't get hit by a ball this time. So good. that was awesome. So yeah, it was just like, it turned out, you know, when you're like high anxiety, you're like, oh crap, this is going to be really stressful. And then it just turned out to be so good. So yeah, it was awesome. But work today kind of sucked balls, but that's okay. I mean, Uh. it is what it is. Tomorrow's my Friday off. So thank God for that. (laughs) Wait, so does this mean that your softball team is technically undefeated at the moment? Yes. Super exciting. Thanks. Yeah. Well, last time you called me out for humble bragging, so I feel like I'm not allowed to do it anymore. So <laughs> thanks for saying I that. will do it for you. Don't worry. Denali, how was your day? <laughs> this week is super busy. I So I, you know I'm in a motorcycle club, so we had a, a bike night last night, and that, that was pretty late, so I was so tired at work today. It was a long day. And then I have another... Um, biker thing this Saturday so I also am going to be getting a tattoo finished at a convention in Modesto so it's gonna be like a really long week (laughs) yeah nice oh my gosh okay so for the listener and for me because I'm a little ignorant talk to me about your motorcycle club like what exactly is this 
what kind of bikes are you doing? Is it like Hell's Angel in my mind or is it like more cool? Uh, no, so the Hell's Angels are, they're a 1% club. We're actually a family MC. Um, so um, we're uh, we're actually an, we're a family MC out of um, Porterville, which is a city down here in mm-hmm. Central California. Yes. And we, um, we're basically a big group of people that like to ride our Hirelys. So um yeah, and it's cool because we're one of the only co-ed um, clubs around here. So we do actually have patched members who are females as well as, of course, men. So um, it's really neat, and I love being a part of this club. It's awesome. I love that. It's giving me bad bitch <laughs> vibes plus family plus, like, you know, wanting to, like, make better people. I don't know. I just love it. Also, for the listener, Denali has, like, the most amazing like Taylor Swift red lipstick on yeah. her face. It's absolutely yes. gorgeous. She's serving beautiful and vibes. And Kate and I are serving sleepy vibes. I know. It sounds like, <laughs> I'm like sunburned and sleepy and I haven't washed my hair in five days, but no it's okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, should we jump right in? Denali, do you kind of want to get a, give a little bit of a background, kind of just um, introduce yourself and introduce why you got into your line of yeah. work? And- yeah, for sure. So I, like I said, I'm a mental health therapist with a background in social work. So um, to get to where I am actually starts with childhood. I was a child of adverse child experiences. I, um, I am Kate's sister, but her family actually adopted me later on in life. My birth family, it was it was uh, up until I was eight years old, there was substance abuse, domestic violence, neglect. Um, I was in a foster home multiple times. And then when I turned eight, my real father took me in and um, it was good. It was great living with him. Uh, My mom, my real mom was in and out of my life, which made it kind of difficult. She would come visit and then she'd disappear randomly. So that was kind of hard. My dad worked all the time. So, um, I basically grew up just riding dirt bikes, hence why I'm in a motorcycle club to this day. I've been riding motorcycles since I was a little kid. Um, But yeah, that was kind of just how I grew up. And then uh, when I was 17, my senior year of high school, my best friend passed away in October. and, And then two and a half weeks later, my dad passed away. So at that point... I didn't really have any, I just had my little brother. I didn't really have any, any family left. And so I, I kind of, I was lost. I didn't know. I did. Um, I, there was a lady that came out to, um, my ranch. I grew up on a plum ranch. So, uh, she came out and she kind of convinced me to go back to school. Um, and I did, I graduated thankfully, but I just started working right out of high school. I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't really have any guidance for the most part. And then um, that's when Kate's family took me in, in my early 20s. So that was a really big deal because um, I was friends with our other sister, Samantha, and she came home and basically told mom and dad about me and, you know, my my struggles. And um, they reached out to me and said, hey, we've got a big family. You're welcome to come to any of these events. Uh, we have a, a lot of family events. And I started coming around and... Um, they basically showed me what stability and a healthy family looked like. So that was really cool because I hadn't had real stability in a really long time. And so, um, or, you know, just having that like support to push you to be better, do better. Cause you know, (laughs) without guidance, I was kind of just running wild, just doing, you know, 
random things that I could have not been doing. So, uh, <laughs> so they were more like, Hey, what are you doing with your life? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe I should figure it out. So, um, so basically I, I did, I went to college. I tried a lot of different things. Um, and I found out that I was really good at writing and I really loved psychology courses and I fell in love with them. And then I stumbled upon a social work course and I was like, what the hell, what the, what is this? And, um, it was, it was awesome. I thought social work was just about baby snatchers. You know, that's what I grew up with. I was in the foster system, right? I was taken. So I thought, oh, okay, that's all it is. But then they taught me that it's no, it's everywhere. Therapists are social workers. What? Like I, all of this, it just blew my mind. And so I thought, how do I, how do I find out more about this? Um, and then about that time I had my daughter and that really put things into perspective. Like I need to get serious. Mm, yeah. This isn't a joke anymore. Like me just, you know, taking random classes. I really need to figure out what I'm going to do so I can start a career. And so, um, yeah, I got serious. So my daughter was born in 2013. I got an A degree in 2016. I got a bachelor's in 2018 and I got a master's in 2020. So, I mean, it was back to back. I was, yeah. So I got, I got really serious at that point. And then right now, actually, I'm really close to achieving my ultimate goal, which is to be a licensed clinical social worker. So basically what that entails is I've had to have 3000 supervised hours and I just completed that. And then I have to submit those hours and then take the LCSW exam. So um, once I pass that, then uh, the skies are the limit when it comes to, I could open up my own private practice. There's a lot of stuff that happens when that happens so that's exciting and that's kind of yeah I mean that's that was my journey to to get there and basically why I chose social work overall I think that's an important question um basically it really comes down to that lady that showed up at my ranch when I was 18 or when I was in, in my senior year of high school because I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone back to school and I had no idea who that lady was until I started taking these mm, courses mm -hmm. psychology courses and the social work the community college and I called my high school and I said hey who was that lady that was sent out to my house to bring me back to school she's pretty much a huge reason why I graduated high school after you know overall and um, they said that was the school social worker and I said what are you serious and they're like yeah that was the school social worker so I thought that was another kind of reason why I went into that direction and then another part of it was that and then it was me thinking back on my mother's history with her mental health issues and her substance use issues and I thought how can I help I, I don't know if I can help her but how can I help other people who are either yeah. dealing with this or who are the children that are dealing with this and then um and then also when I was young I my mother would bring homeless people into our house and give them baths like she would go and like feed them and I thought I don't I guess some of that like rubbed off on me and I thought I want to do that and then another big passion of mine is suicide prevention so I was like how can I tie all of this together and then social work was just it just kept you know like a flashing light and i thought okay this is it this is where i'm going and i would never i would never turn back it's awesome i was going to ask that just like a follow up do you feel like you're in the right place do you feel like this is like fulfilling and obviously no one likes working i mean i'll speak for myself but no one actually <laughs> likes working you know what i mean but like do you feel that this is like a worthwhile career and do you think it was like the right move that you made 
Absolutely. So yes, I do hear that a lot. Like I don't, there that I don't like working and all of that. But my thing is the more, the longer I've been in this field and where I work specifically, because I work with severe mental health and it's, I love my job. I absolutely love my job. Are there days today was a shit. It was, I don't know if I could, can I cuss on this? I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just, I'm like, I keep catching myself and I'm like, Oh my God. But yeah, no, today was a shit show. I'm not going to lie. But like, I mean, every, you're always going to have your, your good days and your bad days. Some days, you know, are harder than others, but there, but I mean, overall, like I used to, and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, but I used to really struggle with imposter syndrome and I can explain later what that is. But now I just feel really confident. Like there are times when it pops up, but for the most part, like I really love what I do. And I, I just, I, I cannot imagine myself doing anything different. Truly. Yeah. I feel like we all suffer a little bit of imposter syndrome and just like, yeah, I mean, just with data, not just worked with lots of different things. Oh. But- Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Lots of different things. Also, because like we're women and that's just like, I don't know, part of the part of the package deal, I guess. I want to say like of all the people in my life who like make me want to be better, like in a weird way. No, just like inspire me. And like, it's usually people who own their story, who take the steps and like, don't give up on themselves. Like you have been in school for like eight years now consistently that's like after high school yeah Ten- I graduated in 2006 I got my AA degree in 20 it's 16 so it took me 10 years out of high school to get an associate's degree so then it took me 12 years out of high school to get a bachelor's degree yeah but then you just got your master's too but like you you own your destiny you know what you want to do you're passionate and not only that but you're passionate about helping other people and you've dedicated your life to like making better the world. You know, I feel like I'm talking like Yoda today, but I just, I find that incredibly inspiring and I'm just really thankful for you in my life. Um, but cause I do think we want to expand a little bit and just give the listener a little color about your job. Like talk to me about the tough parts. Like, what is it that you come across? What is it that you, um, have to deal with? And like, you know, it's, it's one thing to say social work, but like, what is some actual as comfortable as you feel comfortable? Like, I don't want to put you in a position where you're uncomfortable answering these questions, but I would love to like expand a little bit on like letting us inside the world of Denali and like what you deal with on a day to day. So let me just start with like the population I work with. So basically I work with high risk clients, meaning they, um, they've maybe recently been hospitalized due to a mental health condition. You know, sometimes, Um, maybe it was a suicide attempt or, you know, they were having maybe a bipolar episode and they were very manic. And so they ended up getting hospitalized. And once they're released, they're typically connected with our clinic. So they'll get an initial assessment and then they get paired with a therapist. Um, they're usually at a level are where I tip, where I work there, they typically are going to need a higher level of care. So we offer a psychiatry therapy and case management. If their case management needs are very high, they have their own case manager separate from a therapist. But if it's something that's manageable, I will, I will be both roles which is basically very, very social workery because, um, we typically wear many, many hats. So, um, yeah, I will be therapist and case manager. And again, a lot of our clients, they're either recently hospitalized or they maybe jail release. 
Um, or they might, a lot of them are just walk-ins too. And once they're assessed and they meet the criteria, then yeah, they become a part of our, our clinic. So, um, basically when it comes to diagnoses, we treat a broad spectrum of diagnoses. So, I mean, anywhere from major depressive disorder to, um, we do treat substance use disorders. We actually have a separate part of the clinic, but if it's a dual diagnosis, so they're suffering from a mental health condition as well as a substance use disorder, I have clients that have both. Um, I also work with, I mean, like I said, schizophrenia, we've got anywhere on the bipolar spectrum. We also treat personality disorders and so on and so forth. So, um, and, and my own caseload in, encompasses the, the whole spectrum. So I, I work yeah. very much so with many different diagnoses. Um, the therapy includes, I have used many different modalities from CBT, DBT to just trauma informed care. Um, EMDR. Whoa, what? Yeah, yeah what are those acronyms? There's a lot of acronyms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I there's a lot of different types of therapy. There's, you know, there's cognitive behavioral therapy, which is CBT. That's where we're kind of working with your thought processes and how they um, affect your behaviors and what you do. Right. And then so we target the thoughts in order to change the behavior. And then in the inverse is the DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy. And that's where we're targeting more of the behaviors so we can try to change the way we think. So, um, yeah, it's it's there's a lot of different things. EMDR is a whole that would be a whole nother podcast. That's a whole therapy on its own. But that's more trauma, definitely trauma targeted, where we're trying to disconnect those feelings, emotions and everything from those tough memories. So um, that's that's something that we definitely work on in some cases. And yeah, it's, it's just all across the board. I do a lot of crisis intervention. So if there's crises happening, um, we have an actual team for that. But if it's one of my clients, I definitely, you know, they might be reaching out to me, hey, I'm not doing okay, I'm in crisis, and then I will, you know, hook up with them and, and try to make sure that they're safe and that everything's okay. Um, and then, like I said, I also do case management. So we might be connecting them to resources in the community, making sure that they have their, you know, their fundamental needs met, housing, food, clothing, everything like that, um, to make sure that they're safe and they're okay. So that's, that's, part of that. And then the outcome, I mean, I, I've got, I, I, like I said, I absolutely, I love my job and to, to see the outcome after working with these clients, it's just, I mean, that's what makes it all worthwhile. Like that's the best part, right? It really is. I mean, I'll have a client that has come in who has just been released, you know, hospitalized from a suicide attempt and I will work with them for an extended period of time. Usually, I mean, it's anywhere typically from six months to a year is, is my client, you know, how long I, I, sometimes longer, but for the most part, that's about where we're at. And I mean, they'll leave with a better understanding of how to cope with their, you know, their life stressors. And they, they realize that they're not their trauma, right. And that, um, their trauma doesn't define who they are. That's a big thing. Like they, you know, they just, it, it encompasses everything that they are. And, and, and we try to separate that. No, you know, we're not responsible for the trauma that happened to us. We are responsible with, for what we do with it, but we're not responsible for, you know, what's happened. So that doesn't make you who you are as a person. Um, and I just think it's amazing how they, they become better communicators. I mean, they're better at setting boundaries with people in their life. I mean, that's a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. And then the power of vulnerability, their ability to ask for help after leaving. A lot of us, we, we just, we 
pile that all deep down inside. And then eventually we do get to a point where we don't find a way out and it's just, you know, really, really hard. And a lot of the time, you know, we, we, right. We get to that point. So it's nice to see them being able to articulate safety plans. And if they get to that point or something happens, what they're going to do to try to make sure they don't get to that Mm -hmm. place. Yeah. Do you think that like, there is this weird, I don't know. I don't, there's a weird stigma in my life. Absolutely. Or like what I've been conditioned to not talk about things. And like, I don't carry as much trauma, I'm sure as other people. That's not to say that like my background isn't validated or whatever. I'm just saying that like, if we can talk about these things and just come from a piece, a place of empathy, like, I think that's the first step. And just understanding that like, number one, this is happening we're all going through imposter syndrome. We all carry our own baggage. Like there's no shame in asking for help or talking to a therapist or like seeking out mental health awareness. Like a lot of this is just like so stigma, stigma. What's the word? <laughs> Stigmatized. <laughs> yeah. I think it just talking openly about it helps at the end of the day. So I'm so thankful. Thanks for just giving more context and more color to some of this pro- like broader topic. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like your job is a lot of like thinking on your feet. And how do you feel that you are like prepared for your job with your your either education or your background or something like that? Like, how do you feel like you do you think that you have like the skills needed or is it just like fly by the seat of your pants? You're just trying to help like as best that you can. Do you have any? So education in this field, I feel like is a very, very, okay. I feel like if you go into a field where you have to like, say you're, you're an accountant, you really need to learn all that in college. (laughs) Like for me, I feel like a lot of what we learned in college was very, (laughs) there's so much to this, like so insanely much to this Mm -hmm. that we are lucky if we are grasping, you know, so much from each course that we have to take because you, I mean, it's all based around what's called a biopsychosocial model. Like we we're working with the social aspect. We're working with the physical biological aspect of it. And we're working with the mental health piece to it. So there's so many pieces that I want to say like, great. I love that. I'm very educated, but honestly, everything really comes from in in person, just working with people and lived experience, because I really, I don't want to say I pride myself, but it is extremely helped me. The fact that I've, I've have so much personal trauma, all the things that I've been through. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I can connect with my clients very well because of it. I'm very down to earth. I'm very much like, my office is not a typical therapist office. I don't have the boring brown desk with like a cardigan on and like mm-hmm. that's that you're not going to find that in my office. I have like a framed picture of Freddie Mercury. I've got a motorcycle on my wall. I've got black leather um I like put this vinyl on like this black wood vinyl crap on my desk. Like I'm probably going to get in trouble for it. I don't know. I don't care. Like I, you know, I like yes. Like I've got, I've, my sand tray is like a pink heart with glitter in it. Like, I mean, it, the whole office is ridiculous. So, 
But it's cool because when a client comes in, they know like this chick is weird. Yes, yes, I am. And like we then we start vibing and I vibe with everyone. I don't know what it is, but like we get going and we can be talking about some serious stuff. And I mean, I don't know if it's just I've learned posture. I've learned how to just be comfortable, like make the person comfortable because it is intimidating. There is a power differential. I'll have clients coming in there like this girl just probably, you know, has all this went to school and dot, 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 all this stuff. And like, she's not going to know my struggle. But I open with, listen, I, I am not just book smart. I'm street smart. I've been in the system. I know the foster system. My mother was in and out of prison. Let me tell you, I'm probably going to be able to connect with you one way or another. Really? Yeah. So then we will start talking and it's like, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. I have felt comfortable with every client I get. I mean, and I get positive feedback and it's just, I, again, I love my job. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Do you think that like your experiences uniquely qualify you in a way that not to like discount anybody else in this role, but like in a different level or a way that makes it like a less of a barrier of entry, if you will, to like that person connecting on a human level? Because so they can... I actually have, you know, I've, I've had coworkers who, you know, they were just told and I, you know, it kind of sounds bad saying this, but they were just told like, you're a really good listener. And so they thought, well, I'm going to be a therapist. So then they went to school and then they start working in, in this higher level of mental health. And they're like, whoa, I have never experienced anything as dark as this, as deep and dark as this. And I can't do this. And they leave, they go and they do something else, right? They go and they work with something else, something on a lower yeah. level, maybe couples counseling or something. But you know, in the severe world of mental health or in the, in the world of severe mental health, it, I feel like it definitely does take somebody who's either familiar with this trauma mm. on a personal level or just has a very, mm. very high threshold for, you know, some serious dark stuff because, I mean, if we talk about the tough parts, because I can list quite a few tough parts of this job. And I mean, one of it, one part of it is the transference mm. and the counter transference. So that's when, I mean, you're taking on what they're going through. Talk about some serious empathy, or you've had stuff in your own life that now you can't, you can't look at this person without seeing maybe somebody who hurt you from your past or something like that. And when you're, when you've been a victim of deep trauma, then that is prevalent in this world. Sometimes you do have that transference and it's super important to be able to compartmentalize. If you're going to work in this field, you're going to have to compartmentalize that. And the other big part of it is you can't bring it home with you. I mean, if you do, you have to have that supportive person that you're able to have that quick conversation with where, but it's not, obviously there's HIPAA, right? So you can't really go into, into detail and that's kind of difficult. So, I mean, it, like I said, it's really important that you're mm. able to compartmentalize and, I have a very high threshold for trauma, so I, it's it's really yeah. easy for me to be like, okay, and it, it, it kind of sounds almost robotic, but I will deal with some serious stuff at work, and then I'll come home, and I want to make sure I'm present for my daughter. I want to make sure that, like, I'm right here. So I am able to compartmentalize very well and leave all of that stuff at work. But then there's other things like losing a client when you're working in this in this level, right? Because there are times where... I can, I can give you as many interventions and try to do, you know, everything I can to get you to that place, but sometimes it's not enough. That's a hard part of this job. So yeah. if something does end up happening, I have to understand that, you know what, we, 
just doing the very best we can. So that's another big part of it. And then that kind of leads also to the imposter syndrome. We've got imposter syndrome all over the place. If you had a, an, a bad session, right, you, it kind of was wonky and weird. And then they left and you're like, oh my God, do I even know what I'm doing from this one session, right? So we feel that way. It happens. But then you got to remind yourself like, no, we're going to have, that's going to happen. You know, stuff's going to happen. You're not always going to click every single time or, you know, you might be having stuff going on in your personal life and like we do our best right to check it that's a big place where you need to check it check it at the door but some things aren't aren't always you know the easiest thing to check yeah yeah that's hard to do right as soon as you walk in the door (laughs) you're like okay mental switch in my mind but like sometimes that mental switch takes more than five seconds you know (laughs) like that Mm -hmm. takes time to like digest some things and yeah that's got to be tough um do you have any like on that I was going to say on that same vein, do you have like self-care things that you know that you need to do in order to like bring yourself like either to be present in work or to be present back at home and like vice versa and just how you like really take care of yourself because it is a lot and it's a lot weighing on your on your brain all the time, it seems like. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, I, when it comes to self-care, I, that is extremely important in this field. If you do not do self-care, you are not going to make it. I can promise you that. So self-care is one of the most important things. Like I told you, I wrote, I ride a motorcycle. I ride all year long. So if I'm not having a good day, I'll get on my bike and I will go for a ride. I will go for a long ride if I have to. Um, I have a lot of different hobbies. I have ADD, so I have a thousand. I'm sure all of you out there who have ADD, you have a thousand different hobbies. That's me. (laughs) So um, I start something and don't finish it half the time. So, I mean, yeah, I have a cricket, so I make um, stickers for my helmet and different things. And um, I, what do I got? I do all (laughs) kinds of different things. I do diamond paintings. I do paint by numbers. I'm not the most artistic, but I love doing stuff like that. So I like when there's a guide, like I love putting Lego sets together because it has the book. Like, yes, I have so many, me and Sadie, my daughter have so many Harry Potter, Harry Potter Lego sets. It's like insane. So um, I do that. And then, um, yeah, I, I just, my self-care, I, I hang out with my (laughs) club. There's two people in my club. I hang out probably with more than others. And I just, I try to surround myself with people that I can just, you know, jive with and feel comfortable with. And I don't have to worry about anything, you know, just be able to be myself. If I am, if I'm in bitch mode, they're going to just let me, yay, it's Denali. She probably had a shitty day. Like just let her do her thing. And like, it's nice. Like I, I appreciate my friends. I appreciate my family. You know, I can come out to the house. I can go bug our sister (laughs) because Kate, yeah. Kay Fleur lives far away, but our other sister lives close by. <laughs> I'm actually in her house right now. So, yeah, we. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I come over here and bug her. <laughs> I have FOMO all the time when you guys are like at mom and dad's playing like Catan or whatever. <laughs> like, they get so into board games. I don't want to play board games because they, they just scream at each other. <laughs> But I want to be there just like drinking a martini watching it, them scream like, at each like, other. Mom and hilarious. dad, everyone, mom, dad, and our brother and our sister are so oh strategic God. and they're like super into it. And I'm like winging it half the time. Like, and then, and then when I win, I get so <laughs> excited because I'm like, ha ha. Me and Denali are like the agents of chaos 99% of the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
can you share any like um, bright or inspirational stories from clients or, I mean, obviously taking into account HIPAA and everything, but just like what keeps you going? Like what really makes you happy? And I guess you kind of touched on that, just like people moving forward and being vulnerable and all that, but any like specific, like exciting stories you can think of? Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of, a lot of clients that just have moved on. I, I watch them come in and they are, they're struggling. They, I mean, are in the depths of dark. Maybe I've had, maybe they're in a really bad relationship. This is, these are some of my favorite ones where, I don't know if favorite's the right one, but like basically, (laughs) you know, like the coming of age tale is like, I'll have clients that come in extremely depressed They think they have a substance use disorder because they're trapped in a really bad relationship and they, because of our, um, our communication styles, our attachment styles, basically the way that our personality is developed and the way that we communicate and the way that we handle things, it basically is derived from childhood and then it gets emboldened by who we're with as you know, we're in relationships and so on and so forth. So you can find somebody who has become extremely passive from a very controlling relationship and they, they think there's no way out. So well, how do they cope? They drink because that's the only way that they can kind of make it through. And they're depressed because they hate this relationship. They don't know how to leave. It's emotionally abusive, but they've been beat down so much emotionally, mentally, that they don't know how to, to put a boundary in place and leave. Right? So, I have had clients where they come in with this exact thing and we work on setting boundaries. We work on assertive communication. They're extremely passive. They, you know, they, once they're told you're not going anywhere. Okay. I'm not going anywhere. But then I'm, you know, we're working in therapy with assertive communication and being learning that it's okay to say no right. Learning that we are worth being able to say no and we are worth trying to have a better life. And then I am also able to connect them with resources because sometimes it's held over their head. Well, this is, you know, I own this house or, you know, like I, it's my car or, you know, these, it's, I'm going to take custody of the kid or whatever it is. We got really serious, you know, stuff that gets threatened and I'm going to be there to say, no, I don't think so. I've got resources to connect you to this, this attorney over here or, you know, I've got, we've got different room and boards. We've got different things that we can help connect you with where you're not going to be homeless. I will help you be able to get to where you need to be. No problem. And then I see it happen. And then I see them end up leaving the situation. They end up getting their own apartment. They went through the custody court. Now they got 50, 50. And now they're over here with a new boyfriend saying, I have never felt this happy. Thank you. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, like I get chills. Just like, that's my favorite. Like, that's like, yes, yes. Get it. You know, like it's cool. Empowerment. Yeah. is huge. And just like when you see it in other people, it's so cool. Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. In this. Yeah. And my, because again, right. The severity of the mental health, when you are trapped in a traumatic and that's a, that's an extremely toxic traumatic relationship. We see it all the time. You're never stuck. And if that's one message that I can tell the world, you're never stuck. Like, I'm telling you, you're going to be told that and they're going to try to feed that to you. You're never stuck. There's always a way. You might not see it right now, but there is somebody out there that can help you get connected to a way where you can get out. Love it. Oh, my gosh. Heavy stuff, but amazing. 
I feel like this is like, it's good vibes all around, but it is important to talk about. It's important to destigmatize. Got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just like important for me to get that word at least once in the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Can you just like praise therapy enough? Like, how do you feel? Do you think every person should go to therapy or what's like your, your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I go to therapy every single week. Like I have a therapist every, and it's funny because people ask me that all the time. Like, oh, do therapists have therapists? Yes. You know, just because I know I, interventions and different things, how to challenge negative thought processes and so forth. There are times when you just need that outside perspective that's not in your circle to help you guide through, you know, to guide you through some of these things, right? And I've learned so much about myself by having a therapist because I'm able to talk this stuff out and then he's able to kind of help me like, did you think about this? And I'm like, no. I didn't. We just had a realization a couple weeks ago on why, you know, I, I get really upset sometimes when I, with my custody thing, I have 50, 50 custody of my daughter. And like, I get really, really upset about it. And we kind of went back into my childhood trauma. What does that mean? Why is this affecting me as bad as it is? And it was really cool to have these eye opening, you know, experiences with my own therapist. So absolutely. I absolutely recommend. I mean, if you can have a therapist, that's awesome. Sometimes you're not ready though. That's the thing, right? If you're not ready to be vulnerable, because that's the biggest part of it. And you're not real, you're not really willing to touch upon the deep stuff that's bothering you, then it's just going to be superficial. And you're going to be like, this does nothing for me. Well, yeah. I mean, why would it? You're just, you know, not really digging deep to try to target what's really going on. You got to do the work and be open. Got to do the work. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's a life lesson for sure. If you can, it's like one of those scenarios where like you get out of it, how much you put into it. Right. That's what I remember about my very brief stint, but like, I think I should probably go back. Honestly, COVID was crazy. So if you <laughs> got through COVID without seeing a therapist, like good on you, but I am not that person. So I needed something to be like, why is the world ending? It's not ending. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was when I first started seeing mine. I think it was like, right. It was pretty close to after when the, the, the pandemic started and I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to be able to deal with this. Everything went online. And I was like, Oh my God, how am I supposed to be a ther mm. good therapist? When, cause I got my master's in 2020. So I started when the, when the pandemic started and it was like, geez, I don't know. When I graduated, I didn't have a, I didn't have a graduation ceremony. I was supposed to be hooded. I didn't get hooded. None of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Denali, do you have anything else to add? Like, do you want to, is there anything we didn't touch on? I know we kind of like just, jumped around our questions. Like you said, I, I really enjoy this field. I think um, it's a really important field. Uh, and the yeah, things that I've learned absolutely. in this field, I have used in my own personal life, which is really cool. A lot of the knowledge that I've gained. I mean, when you talk about relationships, you're helping people with relationships, but then you're also like looking at your own relationships. I'm a lot better at recognizing red flags than before I became a therapist. Like I'm a lot better at recognizing my triggers for different things. Right. Like there's a lot there's a lot. It's built my self-esteem, my confidence, and just knowing that like I am, I'm worth more than what I was allowing myself before because, you know, it's all that, that deep introspection, looking deep down inside and, and acknowledging that, you know, you are beautiful inside and out. So 
yes, this field is super cool. And so if there's anybody out there that's like social work, what? Yeah, no, it's super cool. So you should totally go that uh, route. <laughs> wait, that reminds me. Danelle, do you TikTok? I know k doesn't because she thinks she's too I do. cool. But... <laughs> yes. Okay. Have you seen like the red flag um, like trend right now where you like put the little filter on and it gives you your red flags or whatever? Yes. yes. Have you done it to yourself? No. Is I'm it scared. accurate? Oh, okay. Know, I haven't done it. I'm too. Yeah, so like, oh on that note, there's like a new thing also on Instagram and it's beige flags. Have you seen this? No. Trend. Oh my gosh. And it's just like people um, like tell most likely it's like their partner or something like introduce their like beige flag of their partner and they are hilarious. It's just like something weird that someone does. You know, they're just like this person like wipes their feet like eight times every time they walk in the front door, like whatever the case may be. They're like, all just super funny. And um, anyways, look into it. Beige flags. It's pretty silly and funny, but. I have one more. Have you been on Reddit and have you seen the Am I the Asshole thread? No, but another podcast I listen to does Am I the Asshole threads and they're really good too. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I stumbled across that and was like, so as a therapist, I'm sitting there like, yep, you are totally the asshole or whatever. Or I'll be like, no, no, no. But yeah, no, that's cool too. Denali, maybe like one time we should get like question, am I the asshole question sent in and you can help us and like go yeah, over them with us. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. We can just analyze people. I would love that. <laughs> nice. Well, let's jump into faves. Yeah, let's end on like a an upbeat note kind of. We're, we're going to bring Denali into our faves and just give a few faves each of us. Denali, do you want to start? So my my first one is okay because I have my uh, my cricket like I said I just found a new vinyl color like that or to do the stickers with and it's this really pretty like shiny like it goes between red and yellow and so I was like I put that on my helmet and it looks really nice. <laughs> also dig in that you're wearing like a leather is it a vest right now or what are you wearing? Yeah, so it's so we wear a leather cut, which is basically yeah, it's a vest, and then like I have hearts sewn into the top of it. <laughs> yeah, and so I have a feeling my road name is going to be extra because they're always getting on to me about like how extra I am. <laughs> so I love it. Your extra energy gives me life. <laughs> that's really cool. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, my first one is so my roommates I guess I don't know you'd call them so I live in an ADU and the people who live in the house that I live in um they got a Peloton a few weeks ago and I've been meaning to try it because I've been super into cycle bar lately but today was my first ever Peloton ride and uh, it was very fun um yeah actually it's hot so I was sweating balls but it was amazing it's very fun actually I was like thinking it wasn't going to be like competitive enough for me because I love in cycle bar how they do like the races and everything and you like know your rank in the class and all that stuff. Kelly's always the rank to number one. Like she just j- like jacks up all of her like uh, tension or whatever. She's always. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so yeah, the Peloton was cool though, because I was like, oh, this isn't going to be like competitive enough for me, but you actually like are in a rank, even though I was like 8,000 out of like 41,000 still like pretty cool. You know, yeah, that's still pretty up there. Like 8,000 <laughs> out of 40 something that were, was it a live class or were you, was it like no, a it was recorded? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
So we watched a movie about AI like literally a month and a half ago, and I'm just barely talking about it. It's on Amazon. It's called Artifice Girl, a really thought provoking movie wherein you like fast forward, I don't know, 50, 100 years. They've built a completely self uh, like contained AI. Originally, they built her to help find pedophiles on the internet. So that was like her main focus was to like suss out and then help the authorities bring these types of bad characters on the internet to justice. And then she kind of like evolved because she's an AI. And now she's like learning to dance and like trying to figure out what does immortal life look like? How do you define existence? Um, You know, she's like, is she a new race or like a new entity of beyond human? Like, it's just a really fascinating movie. Um, with a lot of ethical questions that were um, interesting to see how they explored some of those topics in a non-doomsday environment. Because, like, everything about AI right now is, like, very doomsday-y. And if you play around with ChatGPT, so dumb. The system is barely working. I don't know. It's a really cool, powerful tool for sure, but it's definitely not going to, like, take over the world. So to find a movie that was less, like, dooms about AI and just more about, like, these ethical questions about how we define life, it was really interesting. So Artifice Girl on Amazon. Go watch it and then come back to me because I want to talk about this movie in greater depth. You know I hate AI. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That was to the listener. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Great. Great. So happy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god okay go ahead Denali. it's you so my i guess my second fave is gonna be the lipstick that i'm wearing which is lime crime and it's red velvet so nice yes. i love it it's very very red and i wear a lot of black yeah. so that red pops nobody rocks a red lip like you rock a red lip like <laughs> i love it okay yeah it looks like it's like long lasting it too it's not even smudging no, it's like matte so it's super <gasps> wow. nice i love it yes. i love lime crime do you guys use lime crime it's amazing no this is a brand new never I've heard never of even it heard of it oh my gosh yeah look it up it's so pigmented it's so good <laughs> and like yeah it's long lasting literally googling it i will add it into like our social media podcast uh like update or like our show notes if we ever decide to write show notes <laughs> okay wait what's the color really fast lime crime red velvet okay sorry go ahead Cal okay my next one is so uh this might not be new new but it's new to me is the golden cherry liquid IV it was on sale at Costco so obviously number one Costco number one fave in the entire world number two is the golden cherry um liquid IV it's actually so good like I don't really like cherry flavored things but I feel like it's actually decent and you know how I feel about liquid IV I just drink all the liquid IVs. I think I had two liquid IVs today because that Peloton ride, man, killed. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. My partner's been asking about the liquid IV stuff too. And honestly, like cherry's not my favorite, but in the more recent years, it's been making a comeback. I'm kind of okay with it. Absolutely. Grape is still my number one though, in case anyone needs to know. Grape is my number one liquid IV for sure. (laughs) Okay. My next one. Um, Kelly and I talked about this a while ago. I don't even remember what episode it was on, but it's the Trader Joe's Brazilian nut stuff. So we have like the body butter, the body scrub, and now there's a body wash and they have a candle. I literally went to Trader Joe's like yesterday or the day before and bought it all. I was like into it. I think I have two bottles of body wash. Smells amazing. It's coconut and shea butter. And then the body scrub. I hadn't used it until I went to go stay with you, Kelly. And then 
did the body scrub and then the body butter. Oh my God. I can understand why like Instagram and TikTok are flipping out about this stuff because it's awesome. It's not crazy expensive. It doesn't have like ick chemical. I mean, there's fragrance, but other than that, it's pretty clean. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I think um, I'm going to go buy a bunch of it because it's seasonal and it will go away. But if I buy a bunch of it, maybe I can keep it for a couple of years. So my last one is my newest hobby, which is I'm obsessed with the Titanic and I finally got a 3D Titanic model to put together. So it's like, yeah, it's like three feet long and you don't have to use glue. It's literally like a 3D puzzle. So you're like just putting pieces together and just making the ship. And it came with lights. Whoa, so that's like cool. once it's done, this sucker's going to light up. I'm so excited. Wow. When you're talking about your hobbies earlier, I was going to ask if you were a puzzle girly because I love puzzles. But you were talking about Legos. And oh, so no, I, like, I love puzzles too. Jigsaw maybe? puzzles. But like I've never put together a nice. 3D puzzle before. And this is like. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I have the bottom part of the ship and like I'm making the decks right now and I'm putting I put the lights in. But I just got two new kittens and they like chewed through one of the little wires. So I had to figure out how to fix it. Yeah. Little McChicken was hungry and he went. Tell the listener the names of your two new kittens i'm obsessed so we have mcchicken and sushi they're so cute we like naming animals after food (laughs) those are my favorite foods to be honest (laughs) all right i think I'm, i'm next right um okay my last one is going to be a book called happy place by emily henry um she came out with like people you meet on vacation and book lovers and one other one I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, she's just like kind of like a sensation lately and she's actually pumping out books pretty quick, which is nice, but she is, it is like a rom-com, just like easy read type situation, but they're really good. Her writing style is really fantastic actually for being a rom-com, you know, sometimes they're just like, they just put words together like his quivering member and blah, 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 whatever. You know what I mean? (laughs) And, and, but like this one is like really well done. Like the humor is really witty. Um, It's like kind of dry humor, which I like. And just the characters are really well built. And so like, it's silly, like kind of, but you know, the, at least the writing is like really good. So I just, it keeps me engaged definitely. Cause when the writing's really bad, I'm just like, no matter how good the story is, I'm just like, meh. So Anyway, she's a really fantastic writer if you are interested in just like easy summer read. It's called Happy Place by Emily Henry. But any of Emily Henry's books are good. I think I liked People We Meet on Vacation maybe the best out of all her books. But they're all good. Yeah. I'm going to do a book too. The book that I'm going to do actually came as a a recommendation from somebody at Strawberry, Jay. Um... A Court of Thorn and Roses by Sarah J. Maas. Her name is like M-A-A-S. So Maas, mm. maybe? Um, anyway, I it's a very fairy tale. Like a, it's based in a fairyland. And I think it's a youth adult book. And I'm sure that my sister Samantha has read it. I'm sure she's read it. <laughs> this is like way up her alley. And I think it's like the first book of multiple. So maybe I'm like jumping into a whole series I don't know but the first book is good I'm only halfway through it and uh yeah I'll come back and let you guys know it's smooth sailing so we'll we'll go with that one for now (laughs) just because I've been obsessed with it today amazing 
great. It was so wonderful to have you here, Denali. Thank you for right. sharing everything and talking us through some of the crazy parts of your your life and your job. And honestly, it's just so inspiring to like hear you talk about what you're most passionate and just share that with us. And hopefully somebody, I take some things away from this conversation. I hope that somebody in our listener group will as well. So thank you. And it was wonderful to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we loved it. Thank you so much. All right. Well, do you want to say our tagline, Denali? We say, thanks for being candid with us. <laughs> sure. Thanks for being candid with us. <laughs> That's all for today's episode of Candidly 30. Hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed chatting. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review. Your feedback helps us make the show even better. Follow us on Instagram at Candidly 30. Thanks for being candid with us.